This is the voice, Michael Shirella. You're listening to the MM Maniacs podcast. You're listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Welcome to this mini little preview. So UFC 202 is this Saturday. Yep. It's going to be a different uh, fight only because both of the fighters are able to prepare for each other, which uh, was not really the case last time. As Diaz, of course, is coming off uh, the beach in Cabo. McGregor was getting ready to make lightweight debut against Rafael Dos Anjos and try to unite the two belts and one broken foot in the UFC sorry man you're not Indeed. coming through well at all it was a great fight last time. And one fight of the night honors, rightfully so. Pretty briefly, in, uh, uh, briefly into the second round, still under 10 minutes long. But I, I rewatched the fight. I rewatched it again today because I got into kind of a throwback Thursday uh, of an argument with someone I've never met online that was very similar to the uh, argument that you and I had, or heated discussion, rather, back at uh, the previous episode of the podcast we're discussing. I don't know that theory. we've ever had an argument. Yeah. I think we've had some we've had some heated disagreements, but I don't know that we've ever had an argument. True. I don't, okay. I've never ended it. I've never ended one of our discussions and went, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, true. Thank you. Thank you for not saying fuck that guy. <laughs> um, so this time, at least, McGregor has, has I found that this two episodes are embedded out. I've not yet watched those. Um, I do know that McGregor, uh, from a, the GQ article, if you, if you haven't read it, I suggest it. I'll you know, retweet it. I have not read it. Players on this training camp, and just he's got a. Uh, a private gym built in Las Vegas doing military-like training. Uh, uh, I did watch a thing with uh, him and John Kavanaugh where he was doing, like, uh, crunches, and then John Kavanaugh was <laughs> punching him in the stomach repeatedly. Uh, yes. And it was... Um, it was edited very... It was edited very strangely. Uh, like it's... Uh, it's something that if you watched while you were high, you would uh, you would laugh a lot at it. <laughs> it just edited very strangely. It's edited to like it, it just it just keeps repeating the like hit these groans from him over and over again, and then it like keeps zooming in on the groans and him. Uh, so you have to find the video. It's just it's just him and John Kavanaugh in a some type of octagon situation. Yeah, that's uh, I think his open workout video. He had, he had a well, he had a private workout. He just opens in the media, and then there's an hour-long question and answer session, press conference. Uh, as humble as he was in the defeat the first time, it, he, it's not that he's being arrogant this time, but he's sort of back to a semblance of really maybe a combination of the beginning McGregor that was very outspoken. And in your more subdued McGregor from after the fight. He's, he's not as humble, but he is, uh, making subtle jabs, referring to Nate as his boy, saying that he's gonna toy with him. Bill did, uh, make a second round knockout prediction. Um, but, I, Hey, okay, sounds like you're rifling through your glove box. No, I'm just uh, 
getting out of my car to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, okay. That's your home. Okay. Uh, Good. Um, I mean, he kind of has to do that. He kind of has to do that. That's his whole, that's what's made him successful. That's what's made him a millionaire. Obviously, he, he's a good fighter, and that has helped. But if he, uh, if he was the fighter he is, but didn't have the personality that he has, he wouldn't be as big of a deal. I mean, there are fighters that are as good as him in different weight classes that have not gotten the attention or nearly the money that he's made. Um, right, and, and despite the his being pulled from the UFC 200 card for not wanting to make the press rounds, uh, he has done I, I, less. I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that any of that wasn't all premeditated. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not sure that. I, I know we've talked about this before. You know, I have my doubts as to whether that was not a premeditated move to even to further. Uh, promote interest in the fight. Okay, well, that you've kind of jettisoned into uh, an area of uh, my least favorite topic: conspiracy. Yeah, theory. yeah, I got a lot of them. I got a lot of them when it comes to the UFC. Uh, yeah, and and the, the conspiracy theory that he pulled out of two hundred uh, because he just wanted more time to, to prepare for Diaz. It, it's kind of an interesting one, but at the same time, in the immediate aftermath of that, Dana White came out and said that his next fight would not be against Diaz. After he pulled out, it would be against Aldo, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, the tide sort of changed after having a... I don't know why they would bother to fly into... fly all around having private dinners with people just to, to go with the, the premeditated nature of it, but... Um, in any case, it's not a conspiracy theory that I subscribe to that he pulled because in the lead up to UFC 200, he, he did have many reasons to pull out, including the, uh, being cage side for a death in Ireland and, uh, yeah. in the fight game and, and also just, uh, the, the, what he was saying was making sense. He, like all of the media rounds that he did, all the late night talk shows that he did the last time, when he should have been focused on his training. And not just because it was Diaz. It, it would have been the same thing in the same bookings had it been RDA as well. And uh, this time around, he's not on Conan. He's not on Jimmy Fallon. He's not on Jimmy Kimmel. He was on Jimmy Fallon before. Nate Diaz was. He was on Conan and Kimmel. And... Uh, th- Gregor had his own private press thing. He had his own media scrum at his place. Uh, he did the, the GQ article and really not much else. He, I know he was on the MMA hour with Ariel Holwani, right. uh, this past week or this past Monday, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but what he says makes sense. Why waste time with promoting when he should be focused on training, especially double down more so now that he's trying to avenge a loss. Yeah, but promoting promoting is what got him where he was. <laughs> well, wasn't all the fight of the night bonuses or knockout bonuses uh, in those fights? I it mean, was it, equal. It, it, it was equal amount both. Okay. I don't think you can uh, deny that his... His ability to talk is just as much of an asset to him as his ability to fight. And you can't say that for pretty much any other fighter in the UFC, except for maybe Chael Sonnen. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to, to this being... Uh, um, I don't know that it will go longer than the last fight, but I feel like both guys are going to be completely different conditioning-wise now that McGregor has had time to get used to the fighting and training at welterweight. I mean, he still he, he was eat, he was two breakfast McGregor after they made the opponent switch last time, and it, it takes a while for your body, your muscles 
to get used to competing at that weight. He was just trying to gain weight, to, and he still came in under. It was like 169, but, right. yeah. Um, Coach Kavanaugh was, was on the Anakin Florian podcast, speaking that he says his walking around weight is still similar to how it was as a featherweight. I think it's just going to be different in uh, how he trains and how it uh, transpires on fight night without the cut weight. I mean, so will his agility be more improved than it was at 196 because he gassed as he did in the second round? Uh, probably, but it's also going to be uh, a whole different ball game for Nate Diaz, too, now that he's got a full camp and he's back at, at a weight class that he has had four fights in prior as well. So he's a bigger guy anyway. But. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I I think that, you know, I said this earlier, but uh, I'll say it again. I think that McGregor's chance to win this fight is by knocking out Diaz. I think that's his... I think that's his only chance because I don't think he has the gas tank to keep up with Diaz and he definitely doesn't have the submission skills. So, Now, you think there's no way it goes through a decision? Maybe it's I think it's very, very, very unlikely. I don't think there's... Don't, there, there's no... You know, if, if mixed martial arts has taught us anything, it's that anything can fucking happen. <laughs> In a mixed martial arts fight, anything can happen. You know, we've seen some of the biggest, craziest upsets that we never would have imagined happen just recently in the last couple of years. Um, so, I mean, it's possible. It's possible he could win a decision, but it's not. I don't think it's very likely at all. I mean, he beat, he beat Max Holloway by decision. I know that was a three-round fight, and it was almost right, because right. of the knee injury. But, uh, yeah. I, mean, that was I, 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 I don't subscribe. I don't think that it will go to a decision as well. I think it's going to be. Uh, Sorry. It's going to be kind of a violent end. Uh, uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, right. I guess if I wanted to be bold, I would bet round three. I don't know. You would say round three, uh, McGregor knockout? Round three? Um, yeah. Okay. That, that will be my bet. All right. I will, uh, I will say round three as well, but I will say uh, Nate Diaz knockout. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Nate Diaz hasn't had a, a, a lot of knockouts in the UFC or for a while, so... Uh, but I mean, he he could have knocked him out before. Well, that's what I that's what I was gonna say. Was he was he was on his way to knocking him out before, but uh, but stopped and decided to take a detour and choke the fuck out your neck, Bill. Yeah, well, I mean, he got shot on. What are you gonna do? Turn it around and <laughs> it, it took over uh, in a fairly major way. Um, so I, I guess that's, uh, there's not too much else to say. I'd say check out the Bad Blood special. It's pretty well done with the whole timeline of how they uh, were able to get there and uh, put things in play. I'm trying to look ahead for the rest of the card. And it's, um, there's, there's some fights that I, I, I just don't know much about, even on the main card. But the co-main event, I know you have a lot of thoughts on. It's one that you were looking forward to uh, for quite some time. So why don't you lead the way on Anthony Johnson versus Glover Teixeira? That's a pretty crazy fight. <laughs> I mean, that is banger central. That is, you know, the classic uh, boxer versus brawler. Uh, you know, I mean, Glover Teixeira's got, if not the best straight boxing in the light heavyweight division pretty close to it I mean I can't think of anybody that has better boxing than him um, you know and Anthony Johnson is just a fucking animal you know that guy comes at you with 
everything he's he's throwing the everything in the kitchen sink right at your head so uh you know that's a that's a crazy fight i hear i mean it goes either guy can knock each other out either guy can knock the other guy out it's can glover uh outlast the initial the first the two round uh purging of adrenaline that's going to come from uh, Anthony Johnson uh, or can Anthony Johnson impose his will in those first couple of rounds because I think after the after the first two rounds uh, I think it's all favors Teixeira um, you know, I don't think that that's a surprise I don't think that would be a surprise to anyone to, to hear me say that but I think you know the the, the, the Anthony Johnson's best Chances are in the first two rounds, and then everything after that. Uh, is it a five-round fight or is it a three-round fight? No, three-round three round fight. fight. Okay. Well, I mean that it could it could, it could easily be at a decision for Johnson too, because Johnson could come out and it could be a, just a schlobber knocker, and he could, you know, make uh, just put the pressure on Texera and and really make him stand in the pocket and bang. If he can do that for two rounds. And then Texera can outbox him in the third. He could win a decision that way. I could, I, I can definitely see him doing that. If that was a five-round fight, uh, I'd say he's in, he's in much deeper. Um, you know, he's going to have a much harder time with Texera in a five-round fight. But a three-round fight, he could win a decision. He, uh, you know, it's a tough one. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really. It's one of those things, when you get to this high level, it's a, a lot of times it just comes down to whoever the fuck shows up that night. Yeah. You know? At this high level, guys are so closely matched. They're all at the peak. Now, they can beat 99.99999% of the rest of the population, but at this level, it's whoever the fuck shows up that night. Whoever's not in a fight with his wife, <laughs> whoever's not sleeping on the couch, uh, whoever's doesn't have an issue with their daughter's, you know, tuition for school or, you know, it's just there's a million other things that can affect how you train. And so it's just whoever, you know, this one's su that's such a close match to me. I, I love it. I, I, I think if these guys fought a hundred times, I think it would be pretty close to 50-50. You know, I think 50% of the time that uh, Texera would get knocked out in the first couple rounds and, you know, 30 per 20% of the time uh, Johnson would get knocked out and within three rounds and 30% of the time uh, Texera would, would decision him. I mean, you know, obviously you see there the numbers are a little wacky, but because I didn't factor in any decisions for Anthony Johnson, uh, but I think that there's a much greater chance that there, if there goes to a decision, that it would go to Texera, um, and there's a much greater chance that Johnson would knock out Texera. Although Texera has just as much knockout power, he's just not as uh, he's not as throw caution to the wind. He's much more precise. He's much more... Um, he's a boxer, <laughs> you know? He is, yeah. His boxing should not uh, be discounted uh, to shares, that is, uh, for sure. But it also shouldn't be discounted just how hard Anthony Johnson hits. So if he decides to, you know, even as good as the shares had his foot movement is, if Johnson decides to switch it up, and try to go to the body that can open up the, the, the sh from the shoulders up and the chest and the head uh, in a big way. And either way, I think if there's a likelihood of any fight um, being over in the first round, uh, that's this fight. And yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested to see. And, and that's not just to say a Johnson knockout. I'm actually predicting uh, to share a submission. Oh. Because I think that he's going to try to to bait Johnson in uh, with a striking game, 
and it, even as good as Johnson's uh, uh, wrestling is, his takedown defense, I, I think that, that something wild is going to happen, and he'll up against the fence, possibly in the clinch. Teixeira will try some slick moves to take his pack. He's certainly not going to do a Ryan Bader type desperation opening bell, badly shoot from halfway across the octagon, uh, in on his hips type of move. But um, yeah, I, I mean Teixeira is a legit BJJ black belt. I mean he can work off his back well as well. It's not something we've seen a lot from him, but. You know, he's got, he's one of those guys like Verdum, who's a big guy that has world class jujitsu that can throw up an arm bar off his back and throw up a triangle and, you know, snatch up all kinds of shit that people that aren't as versed in jujitsu can't defend against. Um, so that's a, that's a definitely a possibility. It's not just because they're both such bangers, they're both really known as their, as stand-up guys, even though Anthony Johnson has great wrestling and uh, Glover has such great jiu-jitsu, even though both of those things are true, uh, they have made their name <laughs> by banging. Uh, you know, both of them have made their name by by throwing fists at each other's heads. Uh, so that's interesting. That's an interesting. You know, I didn't I didn't even think of that, but it's totally possible you know, fucking weird ass weird ass sport <laughs> anything can yeah. happen anything I can know. happen who shows up who, who knows who shows up who 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 had one extra egg that morning <laughs> you know <laughs> who had one extra egg and has that much more energy than the other guy you know it's just it's just a game of of centimeters uh, at this highest level so you know it's a pick 'em. It's a pick 'em for me. Um, I, I think I'm going with uh, with Teixeira too. I just haven't quite decided how I think he's going to do it. <laughs> uh, probably by decision. I probably will pick uh, Glover by decision. Um, I just think he's a little. He's got a little more finesse, uh, and I, you know. That's just such a tough one, man. It's such a tough one because you, you think about how far Anthony Johnson has come, too, and the strides that he's made, and the progress that he's made, especially since joining the Black Zillions. You know, just his, he's become a smarter fighter and a guy who's paid more attention to a lot of the details, whereas before he was just a, just a straight brawler. Just, just take him down, ground and pound him, just, punch and don't stop punching <laughs> you know yeah that's as that's <laughs> if you had a if you had a uh if there was an anthony rumble johnson t-shirt that's what it should say just punch and don't stop punching yeah um i might make that maybe i'll make that maybe punch and don't stop punching maybe you can just put it on the back of the t-shirt you already have yeah, we could do um, that too do we ha- are, are there- next fight Rick Story versus Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone in his third third welterweight bout in a row, trying to possibly get into the top ten in this division. Although he said, and this is something uh, I'll ask you if you're buying into, but I think it's really uh, a cry in the dark and would not happen, at least not next. But um, he says if he wins, He's going to call out Eddie Alvarez, a guy that Don Cerrone defeated when Alvarez first made his debut after coming over here with so much hype and so much money uh, after leaving Bellator. Um, do you buy into that at all? Say Cerrone beats Story, and uh, I'm kind of leaning that way. Um, do you think, like, should he stay, even though there is sort of a logjam at that division? At the top, both with fighters who are active and inactive, i.e. GSP and Nick Diaz coming off of a uh, suspension, hasn't fought since Anderson Silva in uh, UFC 84. What do you think? I still, I, I too think that Donald Cerrone is going to beat Rick Story. I think he can call out Eddie Alvarez all he wants. 
but I think they, there's a whole shit ton of people that are in line in front of him. Uh, you can't, yeah, I think it's you better. can't, you can't call out the champion after having three fights not in the division the champion's in. It doesn't work that yeah. way. <laughs> you need to amass some wins, uh, you know, unless your name's Conor McGregor, then you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> right. He, he could call out Alvarez after he defends his title, uh, and probably get well, that Alvarez fight. Well, Alvarez has already called out the, the, the winner of McGregor Diaz. So he doesn't well, want to fuck all to do with Cerrone. Everybody's calling out fucking McGregor. You know, know. if it's, if Cain Velasquez could fight fucking McGregor, he'd do it too. Everyone would fight McGregor because he's the goddamn payday. He's the guy. He's the yeah. life changing money. He's, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, here's the here's the truth. I, I don't think that he's going to beat Nate Diaz, but I want him to. <laughs> I hope he does. Yeah. I really hope he beats Nate Diaz because he's good for the sport. He's good for mixed martial arts. He's good for the UFC. He's breathing a whole new life into it, a, a, a vacuum that was left by uh, the exiting of Ronda Rousey um, that's not been filled other than by him. Um, certainly not by her since she left. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, 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 I want him to win. <laughs> I don't think he's going to, but I, at the same time, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna hurt his stock any. You know, I see that there's articles that say, uh, if he loses these two in a row, is, is his stock gonna go down? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Have you ever met a rabid fucking Irish soccer fan before? They don't give a fuck if you lost 50, 1500 games in a row. They're coming to the fucking stadium with their, with their, Manchester United shirt on and they were going to ready to punch somebody in the fucking face who doesn't like Manchester United. So I don't think he's losing any fans. Uh especially since it's such a it's such a it's such a wacky the whole thing's so wacky, <laughs> you know? It's just this 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 nonsense fight that's two weight classes removed that has no implications of uh, 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 championship. Uh, there's, n- n- it's just a weird. But it, it kind of does, if you think about it, because it did last time. Because had McGregor won, he certainly would have called out Robbie Lawler to have a more mega fight. And after McGregor pulled out, Lawler was offered to to Nate Diaz, and he said no. He said that he wants to fight Conor McGregor. Because he knows that's a big of a much bigger of a money fight than UFC 201 ended up being. The anticlimactic, Robbie Lawler gets the short end of the stick, and oh, guess what? He also lost the title. So I, I think there there are some degree of title implications only because they the UFC doesn't want to articulate a reality where titles don't mean as much as certain money fights because then they're losing leverage then why do they have rankings why do they have champions at all why isn't it just fantasy matchup after fantasy matchup yeah but that's but not I, I, I still want that was that was never a discussion until conor mcgregor came along <laughs> it's never yeah. been a discussion oh, yeah. he's changed the game completely and i don't and i think after he's gone i don't i think it's the same thing you know, and I, th- I, I, I think it's always going to be uh, the people that are the champions are the ones that people want to see, and the championship fights are the fights that people want to watch. Uh, and you know, I, I, it's 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 going to be a really long time before you find someone that's going to have all of the shit line up that that McGregor has lined up for him. You know, all of the skills that he has as a talker and a fighter. You're gonna, it's gonna be a long, long time before you find somebody that, that is that charismatic, but doesn't come off as a complete shithead. You know? Cause that was, you know, that was, uh, that was Chael Sonnen's problem. He had the same amount of ability to talk shit, but he wasn't very likable. Conor McGregor can talk all the shit he wants and then you go, ah, I'd fucking have a beer with that guy. <laughs> he seems fun. 
he seems like he, he he's in on the joke. He knows what the deal is. He's also a much more talented fighter than Chael Sonnen. Right, of course. There. Of course, but to find somebody that has all that shit going for him like McGregor does, it's going to be a long fucking time. He's one of those people that comes along once. I don't think I don't think we're going to see another guy like that. If ever. If we do, it will be a long time. And 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 McGregor's the blueprint for it, you know. Yeah, so, you, you'll you'll see imposters. I mean, there's there's uh, are, are in the featherweight division. I mean, there's there's young guns coming up that that have a huge fan base. I'm sure they haven't been as flamboyant and outspoken as McGregor. But if you look at the the past weeks. Salt Lake card, Yair Rodriguez had a huge following of Mexicans that, that traveled to fucking Utah of all places, Salt Lake City. Right. <laughs> and, uh, the least Mexican place in the U.S. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And, uh, of course the, uh, Japanese fella whose name, uh, who calls everyone bitches and it sounds like a, <laughs> like a, like a nineties, Stock character from one of the scary movies of an Asian person is uh, Tatsudo. Was it Tatsudo? Yeah, he, he was on the the, the UFC. Um, it wasn't called the Alpha, It wasn't called Tough Tokyo, but it was the Road to Japan or something. Right, right. But I don't know if it's real. I could be completely wrong. Um, Anyway, but there are people who are trying to emulate that style, and it's not just—it's not really matching up for them. It's almost like with some of the the ways that the Greg wins the talk wasn't just by politely calling people out or talking shit on the microphone. I mean, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> but I, could, could we see more of the jumping out of the cage and getting in people's faces like he did with Aldo in Boston? I don't know. But that's the type of stuff that you can't it's just... just a, it's just a very special thing. It's You either... You can be brash and outspoken, but not be articulate, you know? He has all of it. He can say exactly what he means to say and say it in the most direct means necessary uh, and not waste any... You know, it's just like writing a joke. He just cuts out all the fluff, <laughs> you know? He gets right to the point of what he's saying, and he cuts out m most of the nonsense. Y you know, it's there are guys. You know, when Nate Diaz was like, "You, you stole my shit," you know, yeah, he was aggressive and brash and outspoken, but he's not articulate. He's not an articulate guy by any stretch of the imagination. Oh yeah, for sure. So. You know, he's going, you stole my shit, but no, he he took what you do and then he extrapolated on it and made it a way, way, way more interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like even watching the Bad Blood thing, I feel like there should have been subtitles uh, when they be able speaking sometimes because it's, <laughs> very, it's very muttered, very low kind of stuff. Uh, understand much more so, much less so than an Irish accent. But um, that being said, yeah, <laughs> it's just the the nature of the fight game as it progresses. I guess in, in terms of promotional things, fighters may not be getting paid for the promotional uh, obligations. But I feel like based on the last. To Conor McGregor, actually, go back to the last three because he also had a pretty intense. Well, he had a very intense campaign when he originally thought it was going to be against Aldo, and he had a little, still last-minute one to do when it became Mendez, uh, and then of course Aldo all over again, and RDA slash Nick, and he's done a little something different every time in his approach to the promotional aspect of it, but. In terms of actual obligations to certain television programs, it's been greatly reduced, at least from McGregor, this time around. And I think that is as a result of the uh, falling out that they had. 
stay on the road to UFC 200. Hmm. That's just my thought. But, um, mm, I feel like I just distracted myself from, uh, you feel like you just what? I feel like I just distracted myself about other things. Alright, so there's two more fights on the main card, uh, including the return of Tim Means, he of the painted supplement, six month suspension after he came out of his main event spot against uh, Cowboy Cerrone back in Pittsburgh six months ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about his uh, opponent he's facing, Sabah Homasi, who is making his UFC debut, but um, he does have an 11-5 and record, significantly less fights than the 25-7-1 Dirty Bird to means. Mm. But... Um, Coming in as a knockout guy with very comparable uh, reach as means, just a one-inch difference on both the arms, shorter, the legs longer. So, uh, well, I don't know. The last time Tim Means fought was on the undercard of Nami Yunus versus Van Sant when he sent John Doomsday Howard uh, out of the UFC hmm. for the most recent time, potentially forever. And, uh, so I told you that Vaca Moreno fought him, yeah? Fought Tim Means? No, no, he, he fought, he fought Doomsday Howard, choked him out. Oh, really? Oh, like, uh, since then, in the last few months? No, 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 this is before, uh, before he was in the UFC, before Doomsday was in the UFC. Ah. Interesting point about Doomsday. Uh, after leaving uh, UFC, he was diagnosed, and this is a, a kind of a strange case, but, but there's, there's articles about there. He was diagnosed as an adult. I believe he's older than I am. He, he's like 35 or 36. Diagnosed with uh, as being on the autism spectrum. Huh. And it, it, it's kind of interesting that, that that would happen to someone so late in life. But um, but he is out there on the regional circuit. He he did fight in uh, well series of fighting a few weeks back, which I feel like I'm Dude never in. Did? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Since being cut in the UFC after the Nani Yunus Van Zant and the lead up to UFC 194, uh, that was essentially the first UFC live event I went to. But um, so it means Homafi. And I know nothing about Young Yu Lim and Mike Perry, except I believe Mike Perry is also making his UFC debut. And uh, Young Yu Lim is from South Korea. And may have fought in the South Korea card a few months back, but I got up at 5 a.m. and remember very little about that evening, aside from the main event, Jigar Mustafi. Uh, losing a uh, close decision to Benson Henderson in his final UFC appearance. So, the prelims do have some interesting uh, fights, including an undercard bout of FBG against Diaz's scrap pack in Artem Lobov, the uh, runner-up on yeah. the King McGregor Ultimate Fighter versus the debuting... American Chris Avila, Chris Avila. I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, Chris Avila has a pretty significant reach advantage: seventy-three inches, sixty-six of nice and flowy Artem, but uh, Artem is a little bit taller. Um, I don't know what to think because I feel like Artem Lobov has not performed well in the UFC since coming aboard since no. that Ultimate Fighter finale. Yeah, he's had uh, a rough go. He fought very tentatively. I mean, in the first fight, he, he was just completely dominated by uh, the jiu-jitsu of the eventual ring, a winner and now missing person, Ryan Hall. He's not actually a missing person, but he hasn't been seen since then. I feel like I saw him booked on something in the future. I don't think it's scratched or if it's just the next event coming up, but it's a little bit weird that they... I mean, I know he was eliminated from the show and basically just got the spot in the finals because someone else lied on their green card. But um, 
it does seem a little bit strange that Curtis Elton Snyder winner has essentially been nowhere to be found. Um, well, this could be it. This could be the final fight. If Artem doesn't win, I feel he's on the same training camp schedule as McGregor. Uh, theoretically, iron sharp as iron. He might be getting a piece of that $300 training camp just by being a cog in the machine of it. For mm. Connor, but uh, I know nothing about Chris Avila. I, I'm, I'm just going to pick Artem based on the desperation and the fact that if he doesn't win, uh, he's almost certainly going to be cut. Although he is an exciting fighter, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be sticking around. I mean, Ben Saunders got cut that coming off of a win just uh, for not getting back to him one time. So. Uh, also worth noting, Kobe, Cody Garbrandt, no love, coming off of his knockout of Thomas Almeida against, uh, uh, pronounce his name correctly, Takea Mizugaki. Oh, that's a really good a, fight. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. That's the FS1 main event yep. on the APM broadcast. And, uh, and Mizugaki, Mizugaki, Obviously, very experienced. He's got a lot of fights. He's got 32 fights professionally compared to Garbrandt's nine. But Garbrandt's still undefeated. He's he's got that swagger. He's been verbally sparring back and forth with the champion Dominic Cruz. Now he's going up against a guy that Cruz dispatched with punches, a rarity. Uh, yeah, and his on, comeback his, on his fight. comeback fight. Yeah, that was a crazy good fight. <laughs> so I, I think in the back of my head, Garbrandt is, he, he wants to match that or he wants to beat that. He, he wants to come it's in. It's going to be a tough one to beat. Comes <laughs> <laughs> in under 45 I mean, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be, that's a pretty tall order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you going with Garbrandt or are you Yeah, yeah, I'm going with Garbrandt. I think he's on a I think he's on a he's on a straight line heading heading north. You know, I think he's uh he's definitely he's definitely climbing his way up the ranks. I see him having a title fight in the next year. It seems like it's already been verbally agreed upon. I mean hmm. for a while Cruz was kinda of saying that it yeah, let him beat some people, let him uh himself a little bit more in the division, but I think he's kind of not resigned to it. But he, he knows that there's something there. There's right. some uh, there's legit beef. I mean, maybe he's playing it into it a little bit, but he knows he's not going to get the uh, super fight with Conor McGregor. He knows he's not going to get the super fight with Demetrius Johnson because those are both fights that. Those guys don't have a lot of interest in. They would, they would mostly benefit that of Cruz, where Johnson's got this entire season of a, uh, the ultimate fighter dedicated to him and champions from other promotions fighting for the right to oppose him for his UFC flyweight belt. He's not going to jump up to fight a guy that knocked him around from pillar to post Last time they fought, suplexed him three times. Right. Uh, and, and and McGregor is certainly not... If he's going to go down to featherweight, he's going to defend the title first. He's not going to be doing a super fight with the bantamweight champion. I mean, that's what I assume. I, but I think he's not even that in that much of a rush to go down to featherweight. I think if he doesn't... Now, what about... Do you think... What is the more likely... If McGregor were to win, and I keep going back to this, if McGregor were to win, who do you call out if you're him? Do you call out anyone? Here's the thing. This is why I don't understand this whole concept with, uh, this is a brand new concept with champions calling people out. Champions don't call people out. Champions accept the next fight that's there. People call champions out. Champions don't call people out. They're at the top. Champions go, I don't know, I'll take whoever the fuck they put in front of me, because I'm the champion. Champions but that want to hang on to their different. belt, champions that want to hang on to their belt, call out people. 
Yeah, but it's a little bit different. When you're calling out Nick Diaz, who hasn't fought in several years, he's fought once in the last three years, you're calling out Nick Diaz, and I'm specifically uh, talking about Tyrone um, Woodley. Tyrone Woodley. You know, that's not, that is, that's some pussy shit right there. <laughs> and not that Nick Diaz isn't a tough fight, but he's not a championship ready first fight back after a th- basically three year layoff. Yeah. You know, when you're call, when you're calling out guys that aren't, you know, when, when, when Bisbing's calling out Dan Henderson, who's 45 years old and just about ready to wrap it up. He didn't you know. call him out. Come on. It was, it was proposed. But, uh, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but I, I'm saying, would it suit Conor McGregor? Because he's at a different point. Okay, he's the featherweight champion. He doesn't have to call anyone out because he goes back down to featherweight. He has an opponent already due to the fact that there's an interim champion there. Barring any unforeseen circumstances or an injury to Jose Aldo. However, do you think that there's more money and more likelihood of a victory in calling out the welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley, or the lightweight champion, Eddie Alvarez, both who don't have a fight book, and neither of them are going to be a big money guy, I mean, honestly, I think it's actually probably a moot point because I don't, McGregor I, I think, wins. I think the UFC is going to force him to defend his belt again. He can't just keep coming in and out of his belt. I think he needs to defend that belt a couple of times before he starts calling out other champions. But but uh, when he's ready to do that, I think his first stop, the, the, the smarter of the two choices, is to go after Alvarez. I think he's going to have. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think he's going to have a much better chance at beating Alvarez than he is going to have at beating Tyrone Woodley. I think Tyrone Woodley's okay. going to fucking come in like a hurricane. Big guy. And just, just do things to him that he can't undo. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. You say, and you said it before. And I, I realize I asked a question, and my answer will be near of them as well. But there's no way that if he wins this fight with Nate Diaz, and they're both fairly uninjured, like no major injuries, I think the next fight is against Nate Diaz if he wins. No. I don't think no? so. No? You, what? No. I... Yeah. Why would they put any time between uh, settling? What it? better I mean, way to build that fight up? A... He has unfinished business. He hasn't defended his title. He can't keep doing not doing that. <laughs> I say that there's a zero percent chance that there's a trilogy before he defends his title. Hmm. He, if he comes out and knocks out Nate Diaz in the first ten seconds. I still think there's a 0% chance that there's going to be a trilogy before he defends his title. He has to defend his title. He can't just hold the fucking... He can't just hold Featherweights hostage. Motherfuckers want to fight. <laughs> they want that title. He can't just hold uh, it. Not and Jose. Then... Jose barely defended it when he was a champion. Over If you, if you look at the, the timeline... Well, he's injured a lot. Title. Yeah. It was, it was not fighting in Brazil a lot, I think, is more uh, the case. But uh, Nate Diaz, I think the trilogy fight will be the next one. But we'll, we'll see. And we may not see because if he doesn't win, there's no trick. And that is what brings me to the discussion that I hate. But the thing, the elephant in the room, and the reason that this fight is going to have to be watched so closely is there is way, and I'm not talking about someone paying him off or fixing the fight at all, but Bank Diaz, who has already come out and said that he only wants to fight if it's a big name 
big money opponents from now on after this. Like, he believes he's at that level, he's earned his spot, that he's always thought he's deserved, but he's there now. There is way more incentive and money for him to make by losing this fight than there would be in victory. You're right. (laughs) You're right. Then you're coming over to the dark side, my friend. (laughs) You are, I beckon you, I beckon you, I welcome you with open arms. Come over to the dark side and ponder the ideas, ponder these seemingly insane conspiracies. Yeah. That's the truth right there, dude. He has way more money to make if he loses this fight. He gets to do it a third time. He gets to, he has to have three million dollar or more fights yeah. in a row. Of course. Why wouldn't he fucking lose it? I would. But I, at the same I'll time, you, I'm not saying it's that not, he's there's lose. nothing else on the line. There's no title on the line. There's not, he doesn't reach a pinnacle by beating him again. He's already done it. There's not going to be yeah. a third fight if he, if he does it. So. It's all, that's all true stuff. And the UFC, they're not gonna, they're not gonna bat an eye. (laughs) They're happy. They're happy. New ownership post Zufa, post Zufa UFC. Hey, they have nothing to do with it. Hey, what happened happened. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's one thing that I I think will be, uh, I'm almost preparing for, that uh, happened because everyone was muttering similar shit before in which I definitely don't describe it. If you read, uh, and I suggest it to anyone, it's, it's available fairly inexpensively on Kindle, Big John McCarthy's book. Uh, he's, actually, I don't know if he's been assigned the refereeing duty. Sometimes they announce it in advance. Sometimes they do not. I haven't seen any official announcement, but, but he's very good at knowing it's seen subtleties of if a fight is fixed. Now, I will say that it's, if you're in a fixed fight, it's probably going to be a submission ending. And I think it will raise more than a couple eyebrows if McGregor is submitting Diaz. McGregor does have one submission victory on his record. But it's almost I, I, I think you can fake accident. out, I think you can fake out a ground and pound TKO pretty well. I think I think they're going to be in a real fight. There's still a real fight no matter what. And so, you know, Diaz lets his hands down a little bit too long. McGregor tags him. Diaz falls to the ground. McGregor jumps on him and then pounds him out. Yeah. I'm ch- <laughs> I'm changing my I'm changing my I'm changing my uh who I think's going to win just just <laughs> just based on a complete bullshit conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think McGregor wins cuz everybody gets richer because of it. <laughs> the UFC gets it. richer, he gets richer, Diaz gets richer. Those two are going to be fucking sipping martinis and and Waikiki in another fucking 10 years. They're going to be sitting next to each other going, "Fucking, we pulled that shit off." Cheers. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, and hopefully, we'll, well, whatever, we'll see. I, I hope it's just a great fight. Um, maybe it goes to decision so that people will see that it's not necessarily going to be. That's now, now that's all I'm going to be thinking about. It's, it's like a black cloud over my head. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, McGregor is the betting favorite, so. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's so is. fucking ridiculous. Well, <laughs> Who the fuck it. makes odds, man? Those people are dumb fucking I dumb. Did, I, I wonder that myself as well. Um, I, I would like to, to watch a documentary about odds makers because are these guys just watching fights all day? I mean, a lot of times they're watching what other people are betting too. So if you could make a max bet uh, and, and change the line... The many casinos because they're all think that you know something and they're all paranoid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, anything else 
worth noting about the other prelims. Not really. Uh, well, Neil Magny versus Lorenz Larkin. That's, a, a, good that's a good fight. fight. I got Magny on that one. That's the UFC fight pass early prelims featured bout. That's a good fight. So, yeah, that'd be good. I, I've become a big Magny fan in the last uh, year or two. I mean, I feel like I've seen him fight 11 times. Really the only time... Uh, he lost was getting dominated by Damian Maya, and that's not an uncommon occurrence. Right. When Damian Maya uh, is in there. Indeed. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess what's worth noting, uh, staying in the welterweight division is that Dana White came out today and pretty much said that, uh, despite the multiple call outs and despite the immediately, uh, post 201, um, interview where Tyron kind of punked Stephen Wonderboy Thompson uh, directly and said, hey, you want to fight Robbie Lawler, you'll get that chance. I want it for the big money fight. Uh, it, it looks like it will be Wonderboy. It hasn't been introduced. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been officially announced yet. But um, what do you think of that? And do you think that the winner of Condit Maya gets the shot at the winner of I that? I think that all that's true. <laughs> Yeah. I think that I think that Wonderboy gets the next shot at welterweight. I think Wonderboy wins the welterweight title, and I think the winner of Condit Maya gets the next shot. I agree yeah. with all that. <laughs> and and who do you think the winner of Maya and Condit will be? Uh, well, uh, hmm. that's tough, man. Those guys are both so fucking good, man. They're both so good, and they're both. They're so I feel, different. I feel bad for Maya because I feel like he should have should got the next spot. Mm. I feel like he's proved himself. I, I know he's fought for the fought for the title, I believe twice now. Uh, but did he fight at middleweight for it against Silva? Yeah. Yeah. I think twice. Twice. Yeah. Okay. I have to go back and look at it, but I know for once. And, for sure. and his fight with Condit is going is a five rounder too. So there's there's something yeah, uh, to be said for that. Like Condit could, uh, it, it may not be like the last three Damian Maya fights where if you were watching from the nosebleed seats, looks like there's just one guy stumbling around the cage because he's just on his back the entire time. But um, I don't know. I still see Maya. Winning through submission because of that, but uh, you can't help but wanting to to get out on their feet and uh, see how that plays out. But I think Maya's path to victory has to play it smart, and that is not standing and trading with one of the most diverse strikers uh, in the entire division of my entire UFC. Agree with all that. But how exciting and bizarre would be the the pairing of if Wonderboy were to win a championship if he if he were to face Maya? Uh, Yeah, I mean, Wonderboy is an expert at controlling distance. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he has really good takedown defense, and Maya's takedowns aren't the best. Um. But hmm, that's an interesting fight. There's a lot going on at middleweight these days. There's a lot of interesting Absolutely. stuff happening there. Well, listen, man, I'm going to wrap this up. Okay, let's wrap it up. That was the last fight I had anything really to say about. Anyhow, so um, enjoy the fights this weekend. Enjoy the editing process of putting this together. <laughs> right. um, yeah, maybe we'll... Check in from a Buffalo Wild Wings parking lot. That's right. In the very early hours of <laughs> right. August 21st. But it's a very good possibility. Then, until then, thanks for, for tuning in. All right. And thanks for downloading. Yeah, yeah. And the maniacs over and out. Peace. That's the end. 
Now read it. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.